welcome to this week's Dose of Truth podcast with me and at me, Eloise and Terry Ann. We're here every Wednesday. If you want to send us any info or questions, you can write to info at doseoftruthtarot.com. Ah, so we were last week we were discussing order and chaos, really. We were talking about the Little Mermaid, as well as finishing off kind of the Cinderella story. That's right. So Cinderella seems to have, we've, we've segued into <laughs> what would be the pathological um, feminine that tries to uh, rebel against the parent. And we could say that um, true rebellion is coming up with your own sense of uh, values or being in the world and how you're going to um, operate in the world, what your, what your operating system will be. And you have choices. We all do. We have choices all the time that we can make, but we need some foundation, some structure, which is the masculine. And we often don't like that structure, but we have to remember it's required. So a good example is if you, you take someone and say, okay, you're going to do nothing. I'm going to put you in a, a house and you do absolutely nothing. Terrible. And I, it's terrible, right? It's much like people who win the lotto and don't know how to handle money and end up in more debt than when they started. Or uh, statistically, people who win the lotto end up you know, spending it all and they, they have no idea how to manage it. You need to know how to uh, manage your money. So there are circumstances where some people win the lotto, but they already knew how to manage money. They had a structure. And, you know, the, the masculine structure is so important for the feminine, uh, flowing, um, moving, chaotic sort of energy. And we need the chaos so it breaks the status quo. But if the chaos overrules, much like the Little Mermaid, whose chaos overrules, her desires um, end up, well, they, they are suffering, first of all. She suffers because she has this desire. And, um, you know, there's, there's that sort of thought process that, okay, I have a desire and I want that desire to manifest and I will do whatever it takes um, and I mean that in a negative way. There are times we do whatever it takes to uh, follow our, our sense of virtue or values that we have. Uh, and, you know, you can, when, you, when you look within yourself, you can, you can find those values, but also you can look historically at, at values. So, today with the internet, you know, you want to know how to do something. It's pretty simple. You, you, you go online and you start researching. But if you don't have an essential value that something you want requires a structure and you have to break the status quo within yourself. So um, often I hear, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Well, no, it's not that you can't. You're, you're capable of doing it. Uh, it, what what you need to do is just say, all right, so how is this done? And then I follow the strategies 
But people say, no, it's too much. It's overwhelming. Well, then the first thing you need to do is figure out how to do it step by step. So, you know, I'll probably repeat this a lot because we, we often pay lip service to the idea that it's the journey, not the goal. Once you get to your goal, there's another desire that rises. You know, my father taught me this really early in life. Uh, when, when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, um, he, he looked at me and said, can you imagine this man has landed on the moon? What else could you possibly accomplish in life? And I thought about that statement over and over again. I thought, wow, yes, he's, he's landed on the moon. You know, now Neil Armstrong would have to seek within him to find something, you know, that gives him meaning, right? So, so it's the same with, with uh, the Little Mermaid, with Ariel. She, she seeks something and wants the gold, but doesn't realize that the formulations along the road, there is a certain structure that is going to either um, cause your downfall, or it will, at the minimum, not pay, make things worse and support you to, to get to your goal. Now, I don't ever say that um, whatever we do, whatever we experience, um, whatever work we do with ourselves, as we're doing right now with the fairy tales, that that's going to lead to uh, making things better. It can, of course it can. But it's, it's good to think of things as at the minimum, I'm not making it worse. So if I'm involved in suffering, like Ariel is involved, she's suffering because she doesn't have legs. She's not on land. She's asking almost the impossible is to, to get legs. So when we're asking something impossible and want it to occur without really looking at what it's going to entail, then you're going to experience more suffering as she does. So she has to walk on legs that are like razor blades. She has to sell her voice and she doesn't get the object of her desire. So she's got three huge um, aspects that make things worse for her. And in the end, she, she dies, right? You know, and, and that's the fragility of life. We're all gonna the die. fragility. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're yeah. all going to die. Unless AI takes over and we transfer our consciousness into AI. Um, but that'll come along with a, a set of constructs that we hardly know yeah. about. And there could be massive suffering. Um, you, you know, I, I, I'm a Star Trek fan, but don't ask me which episode or, uh, you know, what the names are. But I, I remember when, when Kirk, Spock and, and um, Bones land on a planet and there are three balls um, of light and there it's the consciousness of uh, uh, three individuals that have higher higher consciousness. And of course, they meet up with with uh with jim and bones and um and they bring them back onto the the starship enterprise and of course they have a strong desire and their desire at all costs that's a better way of putting it last week i put it as um no matter what it takes that's a little different than at all costs um which is what ariel does as well at all costs she gives up her voice she sells her soul and um, 
these guys that you know these these beings at all costs want to touch each other again oh yeah so, so they have this yeah they have this elevated consciousness for sure their their consciousness is elevated but um there's still that base primal desire yeah. you know to be human again and no matter at, at whatever cost which would cost uh jim i think it was Jim and and Bones and Nurse Chapel, that that end up uh, being taken over by these these three beings, if I remember yeah. correctly. And of course, it's the, you know, the story ensues of you know the human human uh, need to to get back to one's own experience, and they battle that out. So, you know, that that could happen to us, but what about touch? Yeah. Uh, what about it. what about what about the human experience? It'll be completely gone. So there's the death that Ariel goes through. Because like most of our lives, it's the experiences that we grow from and that we enjoy and that we look forward to. So if you were just consciousness in a computer, that, like, where would the experiences come from? You wouldn't have touch. You wouldn't have, you know, you might not have the ability to walk down to the beach and watch the sunset or... And well, you might have the ability to do that, but procreation would yeah. be different, which ends ends the human species. It it ends what we're we're designed for. We the the consciousnesses would be in the computer, yeah. we would or some AI, and we would live forever. And um, it, it, an interesting thing is that AI is is connected to itself everywhere, so we'd be this one consciousness. But you know, right now we are. AI basically, right? So, so we're we're hooked to our phones. It's photographing us. It's it's listening to us, and it's the pardon me. It's listening. Sure, it is, and it's it's algorithms. So one one person, I forget who I was. I don't know if it was Elon Musk or uh, someone else. He said we don't really know what the algorithms are doing. So you know, there's there's all this media about oh, you know, Facebook and and um, all the other guys are are manipulating the algorithm. When and then you listen to I think it was Elon Musk who said, well, no, we don't know what the algorithm is doing. It's learning yeah. from us. So you know, you have billions of people on the planet, billions of phones, right? I'm pretty sure we have billions of phones. Don't quote me on that. Um, and it, it's learning. Yeah. And it's, you know, one of the things that, that makes so much sense to me is that it's learning a new religion. Yep. And it, it seems to me we're in more need of work that we're doing on here to to understand our values. So if if women are just shopping, right, women run the the economy in so many ways because we're the biggest shoppers. Just walk into a mall and see who it's geared towards, yep. men or women. Um, you, you know that women generate the buying. Well, you know, is this what we're going to be? Just this, these, you know, AI walking around buying things? <laughs> you know, what if, what, if, what if that's what, what comes about? So, you know, a lot of it's not not good. So, you know, human beings like like Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk, um, uh, Gad Saad here in Montreal. Um, yeah. Uh, well, they're... they're I can't think of everyone's name, but you know, there's a bunch of guys I like out there who are, who are thinking more, you know, the middle road, not, not 
polarized to either side, which means I'm using my values. It doesn't mean that they're they're right about everything. It doesn't mean they're wrong about everything. It means that we are we are really learning how to think and learning from all of our history how to how to think. The history is in the fairy yeah. tales. The history is in the you know the, the uh, I don't know. Are we are are we getting great writers? I mean, I love uh, Jordan Peterson. I love his book, 12 Rules for Life. But it's interesting that we needed some rules yeah. to get us back on track, right? You know, what? as far as I'm concerned, it's genius on his part to think we need rules, which is, is what I've always had difficulty with, with women in relationships, women in you know, deciding whether they should be in a relationship or get married. And and sorry, I use women, but that's the majority of people who come to see me. It's happening to men as well. You know, they don't know how to be a man anymore. And women are more masculine than feminine so right now. And, yeah. and, and also being, thinking you're more, you're in a woman's body and you're, you're being more masculine, but you think that's the feminine is just such a dissonance. That means we haven't looked inside to to perceive how does my masculine operate and how does my feminine operate. It's it's not that difficult. It's, if you if you set yourself this task to 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 not necessarily you know when you're listening to these podcasts, um, you know I'm introducing age old ideas about masculine and feminine, and it's not very difficult to see how your feminine functions and your masculine functions. You, you you will know the difference. Yeah. Uh, you you know when someone's feminine, you know when someone's masculine. It's not as superficial as you as you as you think it is, right? You don't it's not so um, you know most people think that the the feminine is creative and it's not. No, it's, 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 no, it's not. The create the feminine is is the disruptive, the chaotic. And how do we know that? Well look at a husband and wife who's doing the nagging you know it's usually the woman so it's the feminine now there are men who nag of course you know <laughs> it, it exists but they might be more in their feminine than they are in their masculine you, you you're really assessing and then look through all of the mythology and the fairy tales uh, you know Zeus goes off and and sleeps with all the little different humans, creating demigods, and and then Hera, Hera comes down and is totally enraged and and angry, um, and you know turns. Uh, there's one story where she turns Echo into a mountain, and that's where we get Echo from. You know, just just her rage that she's betrayed by by Echo, because Echo tells Zeus. Um, or actually hides uh, one of Zeus's lovers, right? <laughs> and and Echo then falls in love with the story of Narcissus. So fascinating, right? So when, when we look around, you start to understand how your feminine and masculine operates. This dissonance in the brain where you think that at, when you're acting masculine, that you're feminine. Or when you're more in your masculine and you think it's feminine, is not supportive of you. It's it's a in a very wise idea to study your masculine mm -hmm. and feminine. It is one of the laws 
of the universe that everything has a gender. Yeah, there's we live and in the universe of um, duality: hot, cold, up, down, north, south. Exactly, precisely. So, um, this has nothing to do with your, you know, what you identify with at all. It has to do, you know, there's some days I'm more in my masculine and some days I'm more in my feminine. It could go on for months too, where I could be more in my, in my masculine than my feminine when I'm working really hard and I'm focused and I, I'm not multitasking and uh, my, my husband talks to me and says, he's not really my husband, but we call, I call him that. Um, He, he, um, He'll, he'll try to get my attention, you know, and um, he's like, oh, you're just like me. You're so focused. And I say, yeah, I'm in my masculine right now. Very, very focused. And then there are other times where it's like, okay, I'll do a little answer an email. Then I'll run over and make him a coffee, you know, ask him if he needs something, give him a little back rub and, you know, go fluidly into my feminine because uh, I crave it. I do crave being in my feminine. I like it. It's it's different, you know, it, it's so different when you're, you know, so, so gently uh, flowing into the feminine and it, it, it perceives life yeah. differently, uh, you know, and then, and then he might come in and make fun of me. He's like, oh, you're doing 10 things at the same time and nothing gets done. <laughs> and, I, and I, and I'm very, uh, very strong and I turn around because I'm in my feminine. I'm in my feminine and I flow yeah. around and I do different things and they'll get done, but I'm doing bit by bit. Yes. There's a little water on the counter over here. And there's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, Oh, you're leaving everything. I said, don't worry. I'll get it. I'll get it done. But just, the thing uh, I always, now I'm in my feminine. like I have days when it's very structured and I have to do this at this time and da, 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 da. and then I have days where I'm like, right, I'm just doing whatever. <laughs> and it's, and it's like yeah. there's things to be done and they'll get done at some point over the day, but there's no like, and then I'll find myself doing something completely different. So I never knew that I was going to do and it's fun. Yeah. And it's, well, it's so nice to go into the feminine because it's so yeah. sensual and it's so required, right? The sensuality of picking up a book and reading a page, you know, the sensuality of going to, you know, touch my husband's shoulders, you know, the sensuality of, oh, it's so sensual to, to go in and say, honey, do you want a coffee? And I make him a coffee and bring it to him. It's like, it's just so pleasurable, right? It's just so fulfilling. Um, but it's not when, if, if I'm in my masculine, it, it, it doesn't feel that way at all. If I'm in my masculine, like, no, I can't. No, I don't have any time. I got to, you know, I got my schedule going and I've, I'm focused. I probably wouldn't even hear him if he said, oh, could you make me a coffee too? I probably won't even hear him. Yeah. <laughs> and I notice if I don't go into my feminine, I feel more stressed. Right? Because the, the there's a, the nervous system, our, our nervous systems are um, better able to um, process emotions. So men... Uh, the, the male nervous system, not every single person, but um, the male nervous system it, it w- will be focused. And you know, we, we know this all comes from nature, right? So the, the, the females always took care of the children so they knew where they were. And um, 
women are like a hive mind, yeah, they can right? Get a bunch of women. Multitask a hundred children running around. They know where they all are. They know. Exactly. And, and they're all communicating with each other, right? Women are like, oh, can you watch the kids? I'm going to go down to the shop. Do you need anything, right? So these, this, this, we've lost this in, in, in North American society. We don't, we don't have the mother and the, you know, the neighbors and, you know, watching out for kids and so on. So we've lost a lot of this and, you know, we're left in the home. So the woman needs to be more masculine. Plus, of course, this, this insanity of, of owning too much and the desire of wanting everything. So I'm going to have my house and this is the house I want and it's too much money. But if I get it, if we both work, then we're both going to make that happen. And we'll have kids. So the two parents are working. The kids are off in daycare. It's just so, it's just a strange kind of um, world that we're creating that people are bringing up uh, children that we don't know. We don't know who they are. That we don't know what values they're giving our children. We have, we have no clue. Whereas in the old um, way, you had a family, you had neighbors, you had this sort of uh, grouping, and and that's how we operate. And the man went went out and brought home um, the bacon, so to speak. But they also went out and. Uh, did the hunting right that's it's so critical that a man could be focused and be able to uh, kill an animal to bring it home and the women were you know gathering but men were gathering away from the let's say crops you grew or local foods etc so there there are reasons for uh, biologically that we are this way there's the biological imperative that a woman needs to have a child and have it young enough so the child is healthy and that she can take care of it. But now that, okay, women have come into the workplace, which, yes, is a benefit, it's good, but we still don't know how to handle that. Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't handle that very well. I don't think it was, you know, I'm, I don't regret anything. I, I take full responsibility for all my choices. But if I, you know, if I want to pass on my wisdom, I look at a younger person, I say, well, you know, really, really, really consider that if you wait and you're past 30, uh, the likelihood of getting pregnant, the likelihood of having a genetic problem in your child increases. So we don't we don't know exactly how to handle this, that a woman is in the workplace. I mean, it's great if the woman says, I want to be the one working, I'll bring home the bacon and my husband stays at home with the kids. Great. Wonderful. Um, when you have two parents doing this, well, we've, you know, really changing society where these, these strangers and the government is bringing up our children, right? The government are government schools. They have their own agenda. They don't teach uh, kids what is going to be healthy for their future. They teach kids what is going to be right to, well, let's put it bluntly, to pay taxes in the yeah. future. After right. the system, schools were set up just for the Industrial Revolution to get the kids ready right. to go to the workplace in the uh, factories. Exactly. So where are the values uh, that are that teach responsibility, that, that teach you, um, well, because I love masculine and feminine, but understanding the masculine and feminine. And, and how they operate and, 
you know, what you can do with your life and how you can fulfill what you need to fulfill. Um, These are, these are huge topics that are glossed over and it feels like, and I really have such deep sadness and compassion for all these young women I'm watching growing up um, that are remaining single. They're unhappy. They don't have children. Um, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that every single woman who goes through that is is going to have a problem in their lives. They might be just fine yeah. about it. Um, I had a transformation at 50 years old where all of a sudden from not ever wanting a relationship, um, my work that gave me all my meaning, all of a sudden I turn around and said, oh my, it's losing its meaning. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have meaning doing what I'm doing, but it's been given a lot more meaning being in my relationship and having a person that I'm going to grow old with, that we love each other, that we have the same same values, the same ideas, we support each other. Wow, it makes life wonderful. Yeah. Just absolutely wonderful. And quite frankly, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was even possible. I had no no clue uh, till I was 50 and I went, oh my goodness, there's, I'm seeing something so different, a complete it's, shift in perspective. Yeah, but it, it's almost like a lot of people have the, not, like, I want to use the word blind spot. It's almost like you had a blind spot that a relationship would give you all of that. And like, most people seem to have a blind spot about something and it's not until they're later on in life or something and they go, oh, it's, um, you know, there's lots of single women that don't like myself. I'm in my mid forties and single and I don't have children and you know, I'm okay with that. You know, it's not my preference. I'd like to have met someone, but it hasn't happened yet. But like I see friends even having children and going, Oh, this is a lot of work. And it's, and it's like, well, how did, how was that a blind spot for you that you didn't know that it's, Right, which goes back to what we were saying earlier. I have a desire and children fit into, well, I find this happens often, that the idea of children is just like, well, I have my house, I have my partner, I have my job, I have my clothes, I have my shoes. Well, let's add add a child to the mix. Um, There's somehow the value of what family is and, and what, family does for you now i'm from a greek family so we're very very close and very very connected so there was a lot of fulfillment for me from there but if if i knowing what i know now and i went back i definitely um would have chosen my partners um differently and i would have had a few kids and that would not have uh stopped I mean, maybe I wouldn't have traveled as much. That's about it. But I still would have fulfilled meaning. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really when you understand something that gives you meaning. So I would have had even more meaning. I would have had meaning raising my kids and and making, you know, figuring out whatever my issues were over my life that I didn't understand and, and making a good relationship and uh, coming out the other end and uh, having something that is impossible 
for me to have now. Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm not saying everyone has to have kids. That's not what I'm saying. They're, they're, you know, I listen to a lot of different people. Some people that say that's the goal in, on the planet. I don't think that's the goal on the planet. It's family. And, and it doesn't mean, you, you know, when you understand this, you can create family it, as well. Is it having a sense of belonging? Well, we are the type of people, we are human. Yeah, because we don't have the tribe we, we anymore. Need, we would belong right, to, we need, you know, or we're kind of creating our own tribes like in different ways. But it's like, if we don't have that and we don't have the family unit, then we're kind of craving something. So some of my friends yes. that or clients who are obsessed with having children, they don't want a husband, they don't want a man in their life, but they want a kid. And I'm like, well, there's a bit of the equation missing here. <laughs> but it's like, and I, but I'm like, I wouldn't get, bring a child up on my own. And why is that? I think it would be, I think it would be tough. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't. If it happened, then I'd get on and I'd do it and it would be brilliant. But if I have a choice. Well, you see, that's what, that's what I think needs clarification. It's not, it's, it's tough either way. Yeah. But it's, it's at least at the minimum, not going to make things worse for your child. If you, if you have a partner, firstly, secondly, the child gets to see, um, you know, two parents gets to, you know, have the sense of the feminine and masculine and I don't care if it's a gay couple or not because usually even in a in a gay couple you notice that everyone goes into their masculine and feminine you know every gay couple I know you know sometimes the if it's women sometimes you know one woman tends to her masculine more than her feminine and they're constantly shifting in and out as we do in a heterosexual yeah you know when my partner's more in his feminine i'm more in my masculine when i'm if we're both in our masculine oh you should see it's so hilarious you know he'll, he'll he, uh, once he, lo he looked at me and this was when we first started seeing each other within a few months and i came in and i was like oh i gotta get on the computer and i gotta do this and i'm doing and he looked at me and says okay, I'll wait till you um, get out of your masculine. Now, we had never discussed masculine. <laughs> and I just thought this was hilarious. I found a guy who goes, I'll wait till you get out of your masculine and get back to being normal. You know, it was, it was, it was funny. I just started laughing at it. I said, what do you mean? You know when I'm in my masculine? He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't work very well with, with me if I'm in my masculine. So, for example... I'll get up in the morning and what I do is I get up earlier. I take care of things before him. And then when he gets up, cause he likes to make his own breakfast and his own coffee. He doesn't want me touching any of these <laughs> things. So it's good for him. And um, he's, he's very rigid about it. You know, he's very structured. I don't know what rigid, but it feels rigid because he won't, he doesn't like if I go into the spoon drawer or start to put away a dish. So I do everything as the feminine would do, just like water flowing around it. Now, if I wake up same time as him and I need to be out of the house same time as him. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I kind of find it so funny because he turns around and says, you know, we get along so well. 99% of the time. 
why are you like this today? <laughs> I just start laughing. I go, what? I said, because I have to leave at the same time as you and I didn't get up two hours before you. So we're both in our masculine now. And he goes, right, right, right. Yeah, he goes, yes, you are. You're... I said, yeah, so I need to make breakfast while you make breakfast. I need to have coffee when you have coffee. I need to shower and you're showering. So we're bumping into each other. Um, so, you know, the way I've set it up, because I'm the feminine, I go with the flow. So, and it suits me. I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem. Whereas a lot of women don't realize they're in their masculine when they're saying, my husband doesn't do this. My husband doesn't do that. You know, my husband does all the stuff he's supposed to do. He's up on the roof. He takes out the garbage, does all those things. So I do the dishes. I do, you know, we, we just, we just do those things. Now I know if, if he doesn't need laundry, he'll probably wait till it's a massive pile. Yeah. I know that it's just, it's just, that's the way it is. Why are we, why do we want to change yeah. it? Like you want your laundry done, do it. You don't even have to do his, just do your own. Yeah. If, if, if that's what you want, you know, I, I don't quite, Oh no, I can't do that. Like I'm putting on the load anyway. This is silliness. This is a lack of understanding of oneself. Just not understanding that, you know, this is the way you want it. You go with the flow. You, you know, I go with the flow. It's like, Oh, laundry. Let me just take it downstairs. And it's part of my yeah. day. Yeah. Like big deal or part of it's I went away uh for a weekend with some girlfriends a couple of weekends ago and they're all married with kids and then I'm the, the single one. So but we're like so many little things happened and they were like, Oh well he does that, so I don't you know, like we're putting the rubbish out. Like every single one of them said their husbands puts the rubbish out and I'm like, Okay, that's great. So of course I'm the one that gets taken the rubbish away. <laughs> the recycling and the right. stuff, you know. and then the toilet broke and they're all like, <laughs> like you know. so I immediately go in there and I take the top off and I start fixing it and then my friend's like I, I, I she was just flabbergasted that I would do that do you know what I mean because it wasn't in her realm at all and I'm like well exactly well that's the that's the interesting thing about being single most of your life is that you yeah, learn all but I also I've grown up like uh, kind of being an engineer more and computer person and being in a male kind of work environment so my brain works in that way a little bit as well so it's kind of I can kind of dip in and out of both so yeah well I haven't been that either but I'm the one who will open the toilet yeah. and do that I, I don't have to call him to open the toilet but I do call him for the roof <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go but up. We're, yeah, more useful <laughs> I don't know it's just yeah it is interesting that 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 occurs. Yeah, very interesting. It's fascinating when you when you figure out how much support you're yeah. getting, right? How much support is out there, and and yeah, but it, you know, one of the things that maybe I don't know about you, but you know, any time I was single for a really long time, and um, all of a sudden was dating consistently the guy that would if that i ended up dating was usually someone who picks up a hammer really quickly and hangs something up you know so i i, I was dating this guy and he had it i the mirror in my apartment was at the wrong level and he was very oh, yeah. tall and of course i'm very 
I'm very tall. And he's like, how can you stand this? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I just don't have time to take it off and put it back on. Within seconds, he's like, give me a hammer. <laughs> you know, he pulled it right out. I couldn't have pulled it out, but he pulled it right out and then, you know, hung it right up. And I was like, oh, my God, what a turn on. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a crazy turn on, you know, that. And it's it is interesting because, if you know, I'm clear on it's very unattractive. Uh and this is our biology. It's very unattractive if my partner is doing the dishes, doing the laundry. I don't, I yeah, don't like I, I had a boyfriend for four years who would do all my washing. He'd cook for me. Like, he'd do everything. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, how far can I push this? So I come home from work and put my feet up and he'd do everything. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> you can't do it. No. It's no. <laughs> no, it's 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 in our genes. We we lose attraction for yeah. the male who's not the male. Yeah. We 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 have a hard time with betas. You know, I love with with my my partner slash husband <laughs> that you know I look at him and I go, if you ever agree with me to control me. It is so unattractive for two reasons, right? So, you know, when we first started dating, I would push him. You know, if he was just agreeing with me because that's what he thinks women want, because that was his past experience, um, I'd sit there and go, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I could feel myself losing attraction. So I remember once I made him so angry, like super angry. (laughs) And... um, it it just so triggered him that he yelled so loud and I don't know what he banged, but he banged something and it was super loud. Like the whole, felt like the whole house reverberated. I can't tell you what a turn on that was. I can't tell you. I was like, <laughs> there we go. There's my yeah. man. You know, there he is. You know, this, this is, and um, yeah, no, it just, it's just really awful if they turn into yeah, women. Yeah, definitely. It's it's really tough. You, uh, we're we're not biologically designed. I'm not saying that there aren't people who could reverse roles and it's going to be yeah, fine. Absolutely. But generally speaking, the a woman says, "I want him to do this. I want him to cook. I want him to clean. I want him to," and then he, you get the guy who does it. Um, well, well, within you know very little time, they're having an affair. Hmm. It's crazy. You know, you just look and go, I've had so many women say, oh, you know, I've got my man now. He's all trained and he does everything that I want. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds really bad that you've trained him like a monkey. But anyway, (laughs) so, you know, weeks after, you know, all of this is settled in their minds and they finally, you know, browbeaten him into being like a woman, what happens next? They have an affair. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Very, very interesting. You know, and and there's some really good stories out uh, out there. You know, I see this really often where uh, people go for people go for couples therapy, and um, you know, now that the education process is all pro women, everything's about women, 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 women. in North America, at least, what happens is 
um, the therapists side with the women. So, for example, um, a woman has an affair and this therapist says, well, she's having an affair because you don't, you don't satisfy her at home. Now, try, try and put yeah. that on the opposite. Try and say the guy's having an affair because you, the woman, don't satisfy your man. You're going to have an uprising. Yeah. Right? So it's so interesting that women, we women need to, um, to put all of these, these rules and, and ideas and stuff on men and we don't even realize it's not what we want. And, and the next thing that occurs is that um, men are blamed for everything. It's really quite, quite fascinating. And it's it's not the way of the world. Men men are wonderful. Yeah, I've known. I I don't think that I've you know been with a man in any type of you know relationship for months or years that I still don't like. I still like yeah. them. I would say I'm the one who was screwed up. I was the one who was screwed up, and that's why I left the relationship. I didn't I didn't think they were screwed up ever. Now, I, as I got older, I said, oh, but they had some responsibility in this as well, um, which sort of brought a balance for me. But most of the time it was, no, I'm screwed up. I'm, I'm, I'm unable to have a proper relationship where I can be truthful with you and honest and open. I think I'm lying all the time. I'm making everything perfect. This is, this is till I was 32 that I would create an environment that was so perfect you know I'd always look perfect I would always say the perfect thing I would always do the perfect thing I would um, you know just everything for the man it's basically the reliving of the dynamic in my family uh, it's how my mother was with my dad they eventually divorced and uh, you know she still seeks um, how to be uh, an autonomous human being so that was my dedication from 32 years old on. I said, no, no relationships for me until I, I understand. And then as soon as I understood, understanding, I, it's such a vague term, I'm sorry to be so vague, but once I understand what, what, what values I had, taking responsibility, all of my relationships were clear and I was ready to go into a relationship. And I dated a couple of guys and they were, they were just, you know, the first time in my life I had dealt with men that were so difficult other than um, growing up with my dad. So it's really <laughs> funny. I had really nice guys and I did whatever they wanted. So they were, it was hard to explain why I would even break up with them. And then I, I meet these two really kind of tough, difficult, cowardly, um, blaming, uh, trying to change me types of guys. And um, by the time I got to the end of it, it was only 10 months um, of dating these two different men and, you know, those 10 months, not at the yeah. same time. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I got to the end and I sat down and I remember it was a Thursday in December before the 21st or the 23rd of December. And I said to myself, what is it you want? And I realized it was clear as a bell that I was still trying to make my decisions based on what he was going to do. Yeah. 
And I, I sat there and I said, oh my God, you're waiting for him to give you an answer on what we're going to do about this relationship. And you're not making your own decisions. All of a sudden, I just saw clearly exactly what I wanted. Um, it's hard to describe, but I kind of saw the type of guy I wanted, the same value systems, what we're you know, going to be like together. And exactly um, 48 hours later, I yeah. found him. The other, the other one was gone. I just said, nope, that's the end with you. And I said goodbye in my mind. Didn't say goodbye to him um, in, in life because he was just way too weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we have been in inseparable yeah. since. You know, that's, that's six years. We're going, we're going to go on seven years soon. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's just amazing when you do your own work, when you individuate from the parents. So the story I'm telling you is, is the individuation process from the parents, right? So let's say I was like Ariel, you know, wanting a relationship, but really not seeing what my values were, not, not taking responsibility for my role in the in the uh, relationship, but kind of pinning it on, oh, this is how you act in a relationship. This is what's required of you. And um, walking on razor blades through the whole thing, being, you know, just unhappy and tortured and, and ultimately coming out and waiting for the death to occur, which is a transformation. So anyone who knows the death card in the tarot, you know, it's transformation. So that's the same as Ariel, she goes through a transformation. And, and Cinderella goes through her transformations as well. So we go through our transformation, the more we, we understand the rules of the game. There are, it's, it's tough, but there's some rules. Mm. You know, we're free within the confines. Like you can't jump off a building without a parachute or one of those bat suits. You can't, you're gonna die. Or at least you're going to hit the bottom and break every bone in your body or something like that. <laughs> you know, these, these things are, you know, we have to follow gravity and there are just certain things that are rules or the laws of the universe and we're part of those Yeah, we laws. can't fight them. Well, people do. Yeah, they though, try, right? but yeah, it's mad. Which is the delusion of desire. Yeah. The delusion of desire. I mean, um, there there's so many different people who talk about desire, right? That that uh, Buddhism is to to end desire, right? Desire is the path to suffering, mm. right? So what? Why are you know the desire to, to me psychologically seems to go along with delusion. It is delusion. Yeah. I, I, I want, I'm desire. I desire something that I don't take responsibility for. You you can't turn someone into the person you want because that object of desire you don't even know how to have an interplay or exchange with that person. If you're tr let's say you're trying to control your husband to fulfill your expectations, needs, and desires, you don't even understand the outcome of that. Once you get your goal, you don't want it. So the relationship itself is is a constant uh, interplay. 
and and the beauty is when these 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 parts come together and they understand each other and and you're you're working together yeah. or you're playing together yeah. at life you know it, i would find it strange if i was with a man who didn't understand the laws of the universe now i don't think my partner can sit down and write out the laws of the <laughs> universe but he's certainly as an engineer certainly knows the the laws of how things function you know it isn't like that that the time we talked about that's not done you just can't do that remember we had a discussion about that where you you know that's not done yeah there's certain things that are not done but that's man-made laws yeah. there are metaphysical laws that you can't break man-made laws okay you could break those that's that's fine but the, the metaphysical laws you can't break you you can't deny there's a masculine and feminine do it but you'll see that your life is not going to work out yeah. very well and if you think oh i'm just feminine or i'm just masculine no you're you're more likely in a woman's body to have a little bit more feminine, but it's not that much. About 1%. It's about 1%. It's <laughs> yeah. nothing. Yeah. But it does determine that I'm more comfortable in my feminine than my masculine, but I don't know about 100% of yeah. the time. I don't know about that. I haven't yeah. had the experience, you, but I could certainly... Could you function 100% in your feminine? I don't think so. Well, I meant more within the yeah. relationship to be you know, consistently feminine. I see a lot of women are unhappy with yeah. it, right? They they don't like it at all. So you you would have to be able to go into your masculine, but your feminine can support it and your your partner would support it too. You know, if you found someone with yeah, the same yeah. values. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that feels like a good place to end today. Yes, it Millie, does. The, the, and, these uh, conversations we could go on for years with, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they are they are years lifelong and i'm certain over the years that we're going to be doing this that we're going to discover a bunch of stuff yeah. that i'm still learning to verbalize <laughs> so if anyone's got any questions for us email us at info at doseoftruthcaro.com and we'll get back to you or pull put things into the next episode we're here every wednesday and thank you for listening. Thank you.